0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey
1: everybody, it's that time again, Believe Sports Business, Sports Media. I'm Fred, you can email us at sportsfred at aol.com, sportsfred at aol.com, along with uh, Art Source, former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans, the guy that runs Galaxy Sports out of the states of Pennsylvania, Now, Art, i got to put you on the spot. Um, Are we watching the NBA or the WWE? And the reason I ask that question is uh, LeBron breaks protocol as far as COVID is concerned. Nothing happens. And then during the Game 2 against Phoenix, uh, Anthony Davis kicks uh, below the belt. I would have had to immediately eject him. However, he only got a flagrant one. Art, are you uh, watching WWE or the NBA?
0: I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> huh. I mean, it's really sad, Fred, because, you know, you put all these rules in place to protect the players. And I guess there was another uh, incident at the Garden last night between the Knicks and the, uh, the Wizards, where uh, I guess the uh, Westbrook got popcorn yep. dumped on him and yep. a few really poor things were said. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't know how you can have one set of rules for one group of people and another set of rules for your superstars. And I I do understand how that works. But if you go to a party, you know, for a tequila brand that I guess you might be a part owner of, and you don't even want to talk about the fact whether you're vaccinated or not, when everybody there is supposed to be vaccinated or have proved that they had been tested for COVID, which we know LeBron's been tested for COVID-19, It just seems so vague, so lack of transparency that it's just not a good situation. And and I'm a little down on the NBA. I'm a little down on pro sports across the aisle just because of that word we've talked about, Fred. The greed factor is just to the point where, you know, you've got an assistant coach who happens to be of Korean descent who's highly qualified, learned under Bill Belichick, played under Bill Parcells. You know, and, and Eugene Chung doesn't even get a chance, and they say he's not the right kind of minority. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> you know exactly what it means. Uh, but I, I want to go back to the Anthony Davis thing. If that's Horton Tucker, is he not ejected?
0: Oh, definitely. If it was re- reversed roles, it, it would it, it had New York been it, Fred. And that's is what I'm saying. I, I mean, I, I was really impressed by a little bit of the defense I've seen in the playoffs so far. There's a lot more intensity. The game has stepped up a little bit. But, uh, you know, we were right. We knew somebody was going to get hurt. And if they keep doing this stuff in the, in the Suns and Lakers series, you know, watch out. Because, I mean, what, what happened to Chris Paul, what happened to LeBron, I mean, those were very, very, really scary situations. And, I mean, I'm just wondering what next in that series.
1: Well, we'll find out. Lakers about a seven in some books, seven and a half point favorite against the Suns in game three at the Staples Center. There will be some fans there again. There won't be a sellout, but I think with it what we'll up to 40%, whatever it is. Anyways, the point is, uh, I'm not sure Paul's going to play. It's a game time decision. Um, give the seven or take the seven?
0: I'd have to take the seven. I mean, you know, I look, I look at the NBA now and you know, I I think teams want to win. And, and I think, you know, you get yourself in a situation late in the game and it's going to come down to the free throw line. And that's when I really realized that Chris Paul was hurt because he's a 94% free throw shooter. And if I'm not mistaken, he missed a couple of free throws yep. in that in that comeback. And, and that wound up being a key. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about how well the Lakers are playing. I'm not so sure they're playing that well. I mean, they had a really good first half in game two. And, you know, I just hope, I hope that they understand what you've been talking about, that they need to use the right people at the right times. Haven't used Kuzma the way they should have. Harrell, you know, I mean, there's just guys that should be out of the court that aren't on the court.
1: Yeah. Again, uh, Harrell and Kuzma playing limited miss- minutes. Some cases Harrell not playing any minutes. uh I'm not saying that uh, Drummond shouldn't be the starter. Obviously, he should be. Yeah, he's uh, playing great. I, I mean, I, and there's no question about that. But the, there's just a couple guys there, and that would be Kuzma and who probably give you energy. And I think uh, energy is going to be needed, even though it's a home game. I, I, I like the Suns in this series, just have a hunch. And uh, meanwhile, uh, the other Los Angeles team, Clippers down two games to naught, uh, They could get swept in Dallas, and it's over. Uh, Your comments, uh, Art Source.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I've heard, and I've done a little deep dig on this, is, you know, for years, the Clippers have lacked really key leadership in key moments of the game, near the end of the game. And as good a player as as Kawhi Leonard is, as good a player as Paul George is, you know, if you look at what they've done in, in their successes in the NBA, there was always other players that were the leaders. When Kawhi won in in in, uh, in San Antonio, there were you know Tim Duncan. He had Manu Ginobili. When they won with the Toronto Toronto Raptors, he, he had that point guard that I really liked. Um, his, his name is escaping me right this second, but he he wound up he wound up winning the title. He played at SC. He was the guard, but in key moments he seemed to take over. Are the Clippers able to have somebody they can go to? in key moments when games are on the line. And I don't see it happening right now. I mean, I also believe that their coach, who I, who I could not believe, I know you can't fire the team, Fred, but at a certain point in time, you know, you had Doc Rivers as your coach. And are you telling me Tyron Lou is a better coach than Doc Rivers? I can't buy that.
1: Neither can I. Folks, agree, disagree, you can email us, sportsfred at com. What about Leonard even coming back in a Clipper uniform next year? I've heard that uh, that might not be the case.
0: I don't see it. I really don't see it. I I think he has a certain way of playing the game. And, I mean, we saw this last year, you know, when when they would sit him down for extended periods of time. And, you know, it just – I think he's an excellent ball player. I think he's probably one of the top ten basketball players in the NBA – but you have to have that that big O, that Oscar Robertson, that Jerry West, that Magic Johnson, somebody who's the leader of the team that steps up when things get tough. And I don't think the Clippers have that right now in their organization.
1: Joel Myers, I think, is doing a good job on the games he's doing for the NBA network. Uh, I don't know if you had the opportunity to, to listen to him. Joel, of course, uh, used to do UCLA stuff here in L.A. Then, of course... Uh, uh, when Chick passed, he was the second guy to replace Chick Hearn. And then, of course, uh, he went to uh, San Antonio, now New Orleans. And uh, I think he's doing a great job. Have you been, Have you heard him do the uh, games? Yes. Uh... Hey,
0: I've been a Joel Myers fan for many, many years, Fred. The man was always, always very, very credible. I couldn't believe that they went with Spiro Ditas. Nothing against Spiro Ditas when the Lakers first you know, replaced Chick Hearn when he passed away. Um, I've been a fan of Joel Joel Myers. I've known him for years. When I was on the radio in Denver, he did a lot of Colorado Buffalo football. Um, Just a class act. Always been a good, good play-by-play announcer. And I like the way he calls games. He's got a a throwback style that I personally like. You know, I'm 124, right?
1: Right. (laughs) As
0: we joke about. (laughs) But, no, I'm with you on that one. I've always been a big Joel Myers fan.
1: All right. Let's talk uh, MLB. Where would you rate uh, the Otani story among uh, baseball stories so far in 2021?
0: Well, I mean, it's fantastic. There's another story that nobody's talking about, and that's a kid named Aaron Garcia who plays for the Texas Rangers. I mean, he's he's got 16 home runs, and it's like nobody's even talked about him. You've got the, the leading hitter in the American League, Yerman Mercedes. But what Otani has done is he has really kept the Angels – in the focus with the worst pitching staff in baseball. So, I mean, it's really bizarre. Mike Trout's out for six weeks. So, I mean, it's Otani and Jared, Jared Walsh, who's another guy, and Upton's been red hot lately. I mean, you know, the Angels, if the Angels were really serious, they have a chance to really get in this race. But they need to go and get themselves seriously two really good arms. Find a way. To get arms. There's a guy that pitches in Arizona, okay? And if I'm not mistaken, his name is Madison Bumgardner. All
1: uh-huh.
0: right. I would go get him. I would think about finding a way to get Zach Granky if I could get him. There's some guys that are pitching for teams that are going absolutely nowhere. And I would if I was Artie Moreno and Perry Manosian, I would try to find a way to get those guys to make a push. Because they're going to find themselves in a situation very shortly, Fred, where Mike Trout is going to be have gone a decade. They're going to have Otani. They're going to have this lineup that's absolutely fabulous. But I don't think they're a lock to, to be a 500 team this year based on what their pitching staff is doing.
1: Oh, I don't think they have a shot to be 500, uh, unless, as you uh, say, they added at least one new pitcher. Because right now, I think your case will take, and it could be the worst pitching staff in all of baseball, let's move across town where it's not the worst pitching staff in baseball. It's probably the best starting staff in baseball. How do you go thirteen and two, five and fifteen, and twelve and two?
0: You know that's a great question, Fred. Um, there's there's something missing in that 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 chemistry, and I think it might be solved this weekend when they get uh, Bellinger back. I think he's a real key part of that team, and I think they miss him. Um, I also like McKenzie is that his name or McHistory? I think he's been a real key part of the team. And I guess the most underrated player on that team, you know, I mean, I'm watching all the different positions he's playing is, is Gavin Lux. I mean, the kid is everywhere. He's really having a heck of a year. And you know, it always seems to happen after you have a championship season, you seem to have be bogged down by injuries. They've had 14 guys go on the IL this year. And, You know, I I can't blame anybody for that, but actually I could. You know, I I, I might be able to look at it and say, well, geez, did these guys really have a great offseason? Were they celebrating? Were they on the, you know, the banquet circuit? Were they working out? I I question that. And their bats, honestly, if you look at them up and down the lineup, their their averages are absolutely terrible, you know, except for Muncie and, and Justin Turner.
1: You mentioned Lux. I think he's had two grand slams the last five or six games. Pretty spectacular turnaround uh, from the shortened season of uh, uh, 2020. Dodgers again uh, in a battle tonight uh, in San Francisco. I I
0: think Urias, 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 I think he's got a chance to win the Cy Young Award. I mean, he is like the best fourth or fifth starter I've ever seen.
1: Okay, so Ross Porter is on Facebook now, and he's doing a report every day, and questions every day. All right, so they got four pitchers, and and soon they'll have uh, Gonsolin, will be their best hitting pitcher. Um, But um, of the four that they have, and Art Source was the manager, and you had to win one game of the four starters, who would you start?
0: I'd start Julio. (laughs) Julio Urias. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. You know, if it wasn't for him, you know, right now I think the Dodgers would be in real trouble. And, I mean, if I was going to pick the second guy, it would probably be Walker Buehler to be perfectly frank.
1: And uh, you have Kershaw at the bottom or three?
0: I'd have him three and, and, and Bauer
1: four. Uh,
0: Bauer, and to me, Bauer, to me, there's he has such great stuff. But, you know, last night in Houston, yeah, he proved, you know, just just how, you know, he, he did battle back in the first inning. He threw 34, 35 pitches in the first inning. Right. But you could really tell that, you know, he was having trouble adjusting to the mound. And, I, I mean, what I, what I have trouble with on that is he's pitched in that stadium many times. And it just seems as though he doesn't feel comfortable sometimes. And the guy has the greatest stuff of all time. I mean, that slider's incredible. He was, he was hitting, the, you know, the gun at, at 97, 98. He's got the stuff, but there's something missing somewhere. And we talked about that earlier this year on a couple of our shows. You know, if you look at his lifetime ERA with his stuff, his lifetime ERA is a little bit over four. Yeah. <laughs> that's hard to believe with the stuff he throws.
1: And his social media rating is uh, somewhere above four also. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, before yeah. we go, we have to have our weekly uh, discussion of Aaron Rodgers. Folks, uh, I know this is uh, sports media, sports business, believe Southern California, but Jeopardy's in Southern California – Art, would you please tell the folks uh, listening right now, folks, we're taping this at uh, right now, 4.15 on uh, the 27th of May in 2021. Would you please tell the folks that Aaron Rodgers is not going to retire? So people on Facebook keep saying the the, the uh, Packers should release him, this and that and all that, and the Packers aren't going to release him. Who caves, the Packers or Aaron Rodgers?
0: I think they're going to fire a good and kiss. And, uh, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Locke gets traded to Green Bay. And with, the, with, with Peyton Manning doing what he's done with Drew Locke in the last four months, right? really watching a lot of film with him, I think the Packers might actually come out of this a year or two down the line. I, mean, I think they made a mistake with Love. I'm going to be perfectly blunt with you on that one, Fred. I think the kid has talent. But to draft him number one, that was a real that was a reach. Almost as bad as the Raiders drafting Leatherwood, the the offensive tackle from Alabama in the first round. But, you know, my personal feeling is Aaron Rodgers is gonna be with John Elway in Denver. And with that defense that Vic Fangio has, you know, I think they got a great chance to compete in the West. Obviously the West is gonna be really tough with those four teams they have. But I mean that's my opinion on it. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I do know that's going to happen probably within a couple of days after June 1st.
1: All right. I'm going to state the opposite. I'm going to say Rodgers will be back in a uh, Packers uniform in 2021. So we'll know a little bit after June if uh, I'm correct or Artie's correct. Uh, what's your last word here on Believe Sports Business Sports Media for the week ahead?
0: Well, you know, we've got the Indy 500, Fred. There's going to be upwards of 200,000 people in Old (laughs) Oval in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, I I had a great friend I used to work out with in Laguna Beach, Eddie Cheever Jr., who was one of the the all-time better drivers. And I've always had fun with it, and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm a little trepidatious about the fact that there are going to be that many people there. But it's always been a fun thing to watch, and I just hope everybody has a safe, and happy Memorial Day weekend because a lot of people made a lot of sacrifices for us over the years to have the freedom we have.
1: You know, and, and from my perspective, it's been a week or so at least uh, since I've heard the name Bob Bathart. Uh, that's a win, isn't it?
0: I think it is. And it's amazing how whew, he just like slipped out the side door. <laughs> hey, by the way, is is uh, his horse going to run at Belmont or not? No,
1: not at this point, no. I, I'm going to wow. tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, it, it's it's interesting, you know, in Kentucky in Kentucky Derby, you don't yeah. want the number one inside position, the post position. Number one hardly ever wins. You're in a big mess if you get it yeah. at Belmont, though. And of course, they're going to choose the post on uh, next Tuesday. Uh, that number one position has won 24 times. Out of the 153,
0: oh, so isn't that the longest of all the races, basically?
1: A mile and a half. It's not basically. It's yeah, the that, that
0: last that back stretch. You see the you've seen a lot of horses <laughs> try to peter out as they come around that corner, man. Whoa, because it's a long race, and and you know I was thinking about that the other day. The type of horse that wins there is usually a big, strong horse who gathers pace. And if you look at what happened in Pimlico, I think that horse has a real good chance. To, to win two of the three races. And he didn't even appear at the Kentucky Derby.
1: So we'll see uh, what goes on. I I, I might uh, lead in a different direction, but we'll talk about that next week. Art, yeah. stay well, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Overnight America.
0: Thanks, Fred. Everybody have a great, great weekend.
1: Mario, thank you very much. Uh, Fred signing off for 168 minus 20 minutes until next week, right here on Believe Sports Business, Sports Media. Bye, everybody.